we're doing it right now. Oh. I'm not even sure what we're talking about. I'm just going to go with it. We're we doing it live. It's pre-recorded. Oh, okay. Well, we're live right now. We're not dead right now. So. Well, that I'm, is true. I feel close. Yeah. <laughs> how's, Got some winter how's, blues. Uh, I think Abe might have a few more things than that. How's things, Abe? What's uh, going on? I, uh, I've, I've got a horrible cough, so I'm going to spend most of the show on mute. Okay. Uh, why do you have a horrible cough? Because I have coronavirus, and it oh, sucks. Oh, no. Cooties, cooties, cooties. <laughs> do you really? Uh, it sucks so much. Yeah, Abe's got the vid, dude. Oh, man. Do you, do you have any idea where you got it? Uh, my wife's a hospital worker. I think uh, oh, we, we yes. think she brought it home, and it sucks. <laughs> man, those stupid hospital workers. What the fuck? <laughs> Keep it to themselves. Yeah, geez, <laughs> unbelievable. Did she? Uh, uh, did she have any symptoms? Yeah, she's sick too. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. She the baby's uh, okay though, so that's what's important. Yeah, yeah stay away from the baby. No, well, the next generation of smucks will live on. So, uh, what was it on Thanksgiving? Uh, Ashley has to take her temperature every day as part of like her pre-work uh, routine. She has to certify that she doesn't have uh, a fever, and. Um, well, she, uh, we, we both had like severe headaches on Wednesday and we were just like, oh, well, that's weird. Um, and Thursday she had a temperature and, uh, we didn't travel for Thanksgiving. We didn't have any family over or anything. So, uh, she went to go get tested on Thanksgiving and, uh, it took what, four or five days for the results to come back because the, the labs are swamped. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we got the Rona. Oh man. The Rona sucks. Well. It sounds like you're on the mend. I've been talking to you, and yeah, you you were not having a good day on Thursday. It comes or, and goes, and uh, Friday, which which you said it was like the worst fever you've ever had. Huh? Yeah, it was like 103. I mean, like I mean, like I didn't like, feel like, like not fun. No, it was just not fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Now uh, we're what like seven or eight days in, and uh, I'd like to get better. Yeah. someday well, I like, hope someday I hope like, that happens. <laughs> I think you'll be okay. I hope. You know, it's um, it's a good thing you didn't go to Thanksgiving because you guys probably felt decent enough on Thanksgiving, right? Oh man, we would have never went on Thanksgiving. We tried to tell everybody to cancel their like. Our family was considering having Thanksgiving. We were just like, no, we're not going, and we don't think you should go. So. But if you guys were real stubborn, was like, no, it's family time. We're having it, right? Like you could have put. Oh, you could have put a lot of people. Way on more people, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like the symptoms at that time were really mild. Um, and then what, like Saturday, Saturday, mine came on kind of flu, like, um, like chills. I was under a heated blanket, like freezing my butt off, but had a bad fever. And then, uh, and then like Sunday, you know, a little bit better. The fever broke a little bit. And then, uh, and then Monday the cough started to show up and, uh, well, it, it hasn't stopped. So, so you got a fever before the cough? Definitely. And uh, I can't taste or smell. So, my my uh, my dad's buddy has it real bad right now, um, and another one of his buddies uh, had it, got over it. Um, and my dad was talking to that guy, and he said uh, he just had a bad headache, you know, a little bit of flu, so it wasn't too bad. Uh, but then he went to mow his lawn, and like he dumped and he spilled gas all over his mower, and he was like, "Is this gas? I can't smell this." <laughs> So yeah. that's like a strong smell to not be able to smell. Yeah, you can't. You can't. It's it, so crazy. It's weird. So, well, but uh, yeah, I've had like extreme headaches every morning. I have to take like oh, that two, two or four Excedrin by lunchtime and just to like survive. 
Well, hopefully those brutal. go away. That's, that's, that would be the symptom that would get me. Holy I, crap. Yeah, I get bad headaches. I get bad headaches without a coronavirus, so I can't imagine what my coronavirus headaches would be like. It's probably just about the same. <laughs> Except I feel bad. Yeah. And I'm dangerous. And you're, yeah, you're, you're living on the edge. So we, we, um, uh, we took the dogs and Sloan for a walk today in the new neighborhood. And um, there was a lady outside uh, with her kids and they were playing. And the, uh, the little girl was probably like, you know, 18 months old or something. And uh, we uh, deliberately crossed to the other side of the street so that like they didn't get near us. And, uh, the lady were new to the neighborhood and she was like, she, she kind of like stopped us a little bit to say hello and talk about, you know, seeing the dogs. And Ashley was like, yeah, you can't see us. We have COVID. (laughs) (laughs) And and the, uh, the consistently, um, people's first response when you tell them they're like, uh, assuming that you are going to die. So they'll say, oh, I'm so sorry. Or they'll say, do you need anything? Those are like the two consistent Aww. responses we've gotten. And well, those are actually pretty uh, humane responses. Do yeah. you need anything is actually pretty nice because like if you didn't have groceries or something and you're just like, man, if we just had some sugar, we would be, our lives would be way better. <laughs> so um, Abe's asking for like Basil Hayden's. <laughs> yeah. But I don't yeah. know what you would do with that because you can't taste it. So yeah. Just a K24 for his car. <laughs> yeah. I really need a TSX K24 A2. Moss, Maybe with the whole techie uh, you. I don't know. When I told Moss I was getting sick, he was worried about me, and he was just like, "Do you have an O2 saturation meter? Uh, I want you to have one." And I was like, "No, I don't think that we do." And he's like, "Okay, it'll be at your house in like three days." So What's an O2 saturation meter? It's that do? thingy you put on your finger that measures how much oxygen you have in your blood. Really? Yeah, it's actually pretty smart because when you start losing. Uh, you know, when you start getting to the point where you're bad with your oxygen saturation, you're not in the proper mindset to make proper decisions anyways. So if you can just look at the thing and go, oh, number not good, I should get help. That's going to be a, a way easier decision than if you have to like evaluate how you feel. How, how sick you actually are. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I've never even heard of one of those things. It's the thing you put on your finger at the hospital. I don't know if you've ever been to a hospital. Um, not really. A hospital is a place where the sick people go uh, to try and get better. Yeah, not, not like a place how, I've been a lot. Yeah, I like how you're explaining that to Adam like he's four. Yeah, well, I have been to the hospital like one time. I had a big old uh, growth on my neck when I was like in fourth grade. Had to have that surgically removed, but I was awake. Do you remember uh, that time you fell off a really tall ladder? And you're like, I don't need no hospital. I didn't go to a hospital. Probably should have. The ankle hurts me every day. But when I was yeah. 21, I... I thought I uh, was having a heart attack and it turns out I just forgot that I already drank a uh, pre-workout supplement. So I did it again. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> why, are you t- why are you doing pre-workout when you're 21? <laughs> uh, Cause I was getting swole or something. I don't know. Yeah, man. That's what those kids do. On the Uh-oh. line is uh, Mr. DJ. Allison I was just going to say, we never actually introduced Mr. DJ Allison Jr. What's happening, buddy. Oh, you know, just got done sim racing uh, and hopped over to the computer chair to talk to you guys. Yeah, we we wanted we're we're gonna we're probably gonna do a couple quick shows with you tonight. Uh, we don't want to take your whole night up, but it'll probably take most of it. But uh, the first show we we meant to do one last year, and then like uh, during during well not last year, but actually when we like launched the Good Life I Racers a little bit more officially, and uh, and you had done some GLTC stuff, um, but then we were announcing uh, 
sim racing two nights a week and just got sick of talking. So we didn't do a lot of podcasts for like a few weeks. But. Yeah, that was a, that was a busy time because there was like a, a a huge prestigious sim race like every night. So I was yeah, everybody I was like on a, like get a yeah I was on like a broadcasted sim race trying to bring uh my my best drive forward like every night. So I'd literally finish a race and then practice for the next night. Yeah, uh, and that was like seven days a week. It was a I mean that's. As a was, as yeah, a avid like a stress there stretch there where you were literally doing that like every three days, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I mean it was uh, look, I'm an avid sim racer. I I I give sim racing uh like so much credit to the driver I am today, um and it felt like sim racing uh like hit like a pinnacle in the beginning of COVID because everybody was jumping into it and I'm like guys I've been doing this for years this is great. Yeah, you, uh, you were the king of town for a while. Yeah, so it's uh, it's you know when you're on the when you're on the top, you don't get to stay there for very long. Uh, so I was just enjoying enjoying my little uh, my little stay there, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was just busy, a lot of fun. Busy few months though, beginning of the vid too, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, how long have you been doing uh, doing sim racing, and where did you start with it? <clears throat> so I mean, I started sim racing to get better at autocross, because. Uh, uh, I autocrossed casually for uh, like the first two years, 2014, 15. I probably did like three or four events each of those years. And I'm uh, an insanely competitive person. And I was, uh, you know, when you only autocross a couple times a year, you, you, you're going to lose horribly every single time. And uh, in 2016, I wanted to do better and I wanted to like sink my teeth into it. Uh, so... I uh, I kind of went to every event I could in 2016. At the end of it, uh, I made a lot of progress as a driver. And then it was the winter, and it felt awful sitting around the whole winter. And my uh, buddy sent me a uh, Black Friday deal on a wheel. And I bought that and clamped it to my desk. So uh, the long answer is uh, I've been uh, sim racing since, like, uh, the beginning of uh, 2017-ish. Okay. What did you? What kind of wheel did you start with, and what program were you playing on? And so I was, I was uh, at first, I was just chasing uh, fellow autocrossers' lap times in Assetto Corsa. We just had like a little Facebook group where right. somebody would post like a car track combo, and we would chase each other's times. And, and I, I remember at that time, like, I just couldn't believe how fast like Andrew Ramos was on uh, Assetto Corsa. Like he was just like a god. I'm like, oh man, he's like three seconds faster than me. I'm like, how is he even doing that? And uh, so, you know, that, that was a great way to start because you're just chasing down lap times. And I mean, I probably crashed for the first two hours of uh, having the wheels set up. And I watched like 13 hours of YouTube videos to like get the proper settings because there's like a million dials and knobs and uh, stuff to mess up your experience. And yeah, I, I probably spent like the first 20 hours maybe completing uh, like six or seven laps that uh, didn't involve me spinning off and hitting something. That was my experience in iRacing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but then you, you hit after, after some point you, you get, uh, you get over yeah. that hump. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. You get it. It clicks. And then now it feels like you're driving a car now, like you're cutting laps and hitting brake markers and, and uh, you know, clipping uh, apex curbs and like jumping over this chicane and that chicane. And, it, and like, you start to like actually feel it in your body, even though you're like just kind of sitting there. Mm -hmm. uh, at some point you cross into that 
And then once you get to that point, the things you're improving on in the sim uh, directly translate to real life. Directly, even in autocross. Directly, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so <clears throat> I spent, um, I spent the the 2016-2017 winter uh, just like sim racing uh, a lot, right? I was just participating in a set of course of leagues, and when I got back to driving a car back in like early April or whatever, right. I felt so much more comfortable driving a car at the limit. I had like I had so much more bandwidth than I had before because driving the, the driving the car part now wasn't the most difficult thing I've ever done. It was just like, Oh, I just, uh, I have the car at the limit and now it's time to like critical think this autocross course to try to extract as much time out of it. Interesting. And that, so and you, the only thing I did, like you unlocked something with the sim racing, right? Yeah. I, th I think, I Mental. think mostly what it did is it just like opened up uh, extra bandwidth to drive the car. Okay. How many hours do you think you did that first winter on the, on the sim rig? Uh, probably about six or 700 hours. Oh, wow. Big hours, like long, a lot of hours. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, I've always found that I'm going to, I'm going to put the work in uh, if I have the proper motivation. Uh, so I joined a league uh, with all these uh, really experienced sim racers, they've been doing it for years. And I did my first race. I practiced as much as uh, my motivation would let me for that first race. And I got uh, demolished. I was uh, almost last place. I think the only people I beat were people who uh, like either had connection issues or uh, <laughs> were, were just like there to drink and have fun or something. I don't know. I, I hardly beat anybody. And uh losing feels bad. And the only way I can feel better in those kind of situations is to like, just get to work. Uh, so I just, I like had all the motivation I needed at that point. And it was like a two week break until the next race. And I probably did in those two weeks, I probably did like at least 40 hours with the same car on the same track, mm -hmm. just trying to figure out, uh, the same racing stuff. And that league was cool because, uh, the servers they had had data, and stuff like that. So I would just compare myself with the fastest time and I would just chase that, chase that, chase that. And I would have the distance speed trace to look yeah. at. And actually chasing that guy is kind of what unlocked um, like the proper way to use the brakes on entry into a corner. Uh, I didn't, I didn't understand what trail braking was before that. I was just like, you slow the car down, you turn and you get on throttle. It's easy guys. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't understand like that magical zone on corner entry where, you know, the brake release is really dictating the angle and the yaw of your car before you can commit into power. Mm -hmm. So, and this, and sim racing did that. Cause I noticed in the data that he was holding a little bit more speed before he would get the power. And then that speed would carry, uh, down the entire straightaway. And I was trying to figure out how to do that. And I stumbled a pro, uh, along, like just dragging a little bit of brake, uh, until you get the throttle. Okay. Does that, does that kind of, uh, that in a set of Corsa, does that translate over to iRacing pretty fast too? Did, uh, did you find iRacing easier to pick up because you had been, you'd spent so many hours in a set of Corsa? Yeah. So, I mean, it was probably uh easier transition than not playing any kind of sim at all. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so the, the main difference between a set of Corsa and iRacing is, uh, iRacing 
rewards you for being really smooth. And in, in a set of Corsa, you can kind of attack more. Uh, but I find like as far as a uh, like a training tool, I think iRacing is going to teach you the better habits uh, than a set of Corsa would. Um, and also, uh, the very best sim racers in the world are on iRacing. So if you want to go against really great competition, that lives on iRacing. So I mean, when I made my transition uh, from a set of Corsa, it was it was kind of like, well. I need a little bit more competition than what's currently on here. Um, and I know that's on iRacing. Uh, so that's that's why I made the jump. And iRacing is expensive. And honestly, it's an awful game. If you're using it for a video game, it is terrible. It's not a very good game. But if you want a tool to help you become a better race car driver or better driver in general, uh, it's really, really tough to be iRacing. I, I, I'm stunned by the amount of hours you put in that first winter. That's, that's a lot of hours. When yeah. you say that it's expensive, how expensive is it on a monthly basis? Uh, so the, the subscription, uh, you can get deals, uh, like every year you can get like a year for like 50 to 80 bucks, depending on what deal they're throwing out. So on a monthly basis, it's really not that much. Uh, it's more to get started with the content because every car, yeah. Uh, until you get to a certain point, uh, like right now I have over 40 items in iRacing. So I get like 40% off or whatever their deal is. I don't even, when I just, when I get something now, I don't even look at what it costs because normally uh, a car is $12 and tracks are $15 and you'll easily spend, uh, over $500 to like have the, all the content. 500 is about your weekly Chipotle budget. Is it, is that right? <laughs> I do love myself some Chipotle, but uh, no, I've I've cut back on the Chipotle because now I have a race car and I'm broke. <laughs> That'll happen. That will happen. <laughs> um, so, uh, as far as your first couple years doing sim racing, you were you weren't doing really anything on big tracks then. You were still heavy, heavy into autocrossing, um, and uh, and obviously most sim racings are most sim racing games and simulators are on tracks like. Uh, you found that, that that still added uh, enough to your skill set to make you a really uh, much more proficient autocrosser. Yeah, and I, I think it had a lot to do with the the bandwidth uh, yeah. thing with with your with your head. Like just when you take away, like uh, when driving the car doesn't require uh, as much of your immediate attention. It's just kind of a natural thing to you. Yeah. Now looking ahead and you know like. Uh, planning your attack and, you know, troubleshooting, like after a run, you'd come back and go, okay, like, all right, let's fix two mistakes. Cause generally when you, you know, at, when you're autocrossing at a high level, you do a run, you fix two mistakes, you do another run, you fix two mistakes, and then you go do your best run. And that's kind of how it is. So that first run needs to be uh, really good. Uh, but you also need to uh, be able to remember the run you just did uh, perfectly at a, like a high resolution to accurately, uh, troubleshoot those mistakes you made so you can right. go out and properly fix them. Cause if you think, Oh, I just went too slow. And then you completely blow the corner the next run. Well, now you ruined that run and you ruined any kind of feedback you could have had for that entire next section because now you're not at speed. Right. So, so by, by just like opening up your bandwidth to drive the car, it really uh, allowed you to just put more brain power uh, into the, the, the game of autocross. 
how did uh, and how do you think that all of this translated into your first uh, sessions on a big track? So I, my my first session on a big track was uh, just it was like a track night in America. Okay. And I just went out there in my Miata, which I owed a bunch of money on. And I just drove around. I was just happy to be on track. Uh, I wasn't really pushing it. I didn't even have a lap timer in the car because I knew that would get me in trouble. Uh, where my where lizard, was it? Uh, pit race. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I knew my lizard brain would uh, try to start getting better laps and better laps. And if I saw, if there was anything that said like, Oh, you're on a good lap. I knew I, I was like, this is, this is not good for <laughs> me. Smart, so, yeah. yeah. Especially with a car where I owe like $15,000 on it or something. Jeez. What kind of Miata was this gold plated? No, it was uh it was an ND Miata. It was like the car to have in autocross at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, so I, I splurged and uh, got it. And you know, the, the main reason I was doing autocross was to like, see if, I would be wasting my money in road racing uh, just because I mean, there's no, there's right. No I know that now, Adam, you guys didn't let me know beforehand. Oh, no, we, I've talked about it for years on this podcast. We try to tell every single person who will listen to not get into road racing. Yeah. Don't, don't even, it's stupid. It's a terrible idea. But I mean, so like, here's the thing about road racing uh, is you live like you're poor for most of the month. So you can have those like five weekends of like absolute bliss and amazingness. And that's where, perfectly where fine you, by me. Like those, those, those five, five weekends, weekends are, are, those, the, are those the ones where you, where your car doesn't break and uh, <laughs> the car breaks every weekend. Uh, okay. most of the time I can fix it, uh, before we go back out, uh, you know, except when transmissions blow up. Oh, it is a fickle one, isn't it, man? Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that uh, that's the first major failure I've had with the car. That's the first. Uh, oh, we'll get the, into the car. We'll get into the car a little later. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We'll we'll stay off that. All right. Back to back to sim racing. Where were we? I don't even. Well, remember with, with we autocross, uh, how far how far have you taken your autocross uh, hobby, and where are you at with that? Uh, so I don't I don't autocross as much as uh, I'd like to anymore, just because it's like a time and money thing. It's like, oh, I could go spend $200 uh, to go autocrossing this weekend. Uh, but that's almost a Hoosier. So I'd rather just have almost a Hoosier than go autocrossing. <laughs> uh, so uh, I autocross when I can, I'll, I'll hop in other people's cars and, uh, you know, win like contingency this or that to like pay for it. Uh, didn't do a whole lot of autocrossing uh, this last year, just COVID and stuff. A lot of events were canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I've been to nationals, uh, three times, uh, in okay. 2018, uh, I was, I was close, uh, to it. I won six national events in a row that year. Yeah. Um, and I was, uh, in my mind, I was the favorite going into the thing and it, it must've, it rained probably like four to six inches, which I'm not exaggerating there. It was like a typhoon for the entire nationals. And it was yeah. just a, a lot to deal with. Um, on the second day on the second, uh, run. So the second to last run, I was leading the class by a second and, but it was drying conditions. So the only run that mattered was my last run. And I went out there and made a mistake and yeah. lost. So Did, it's, uh, and how, that's just how it is. That's how cutthroat the competition is. You can't make how a close mistake. Were you? Like, uh, like were you, I forget what position uh, you finished in. 
I don't even remember. Maybe it was like fifth or sixth or something. There was like yeah, 70 you, cars you in the class. The trophies, right. Yeah, yeah, I was in the trophy. I, 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 did, I think I threw that trophy away, honestly. I, I, I was there to win and it didn't happen. And I, I was so upset at myself just because the way I lost, I just made a, a really dumb, bad, like basically beginner mistake. Um, I think the nerves got to me just knowing like, okay, here it is my entire year right now. And I thought that like right as I left a line, which is like a never a thing you want to do. Uh, so I just, it was just a really bad, uh, autocross run. And I felt awful after that. And that kind of led to me getting a free race car. <laughs> yeah. So how did, uh, uh, how did that happen? Nope. Why, nope. Nope. Racing? That's the other show. Oh, well, we can talk about it a little bit here. We can talk about it a little bit. So, I mean, so I, uh, so from feeling bad, like I, like I've said earlier in the show, the only way I know how to feel better is to get to work. And so I just like fell into sim racing harder than I ever have before. And I met up with uh, like Derek Yarbrough and Eric Teal and all those uh, guys in like uh, this Facebook group that would just like do grid life. Uh, but it wasn't called grid life. It was called like track Midwest iRacers. Yeah, that's right. And we, uh, I was just kind of sim racing with those guys and it started kind of snowballing and I made friends and they were cool. And for some reason they thought I was cool. And then Derek linked me a car and said, Hey, you should get this. And I basically like raised my hand for it. And then a bunch of, uh, uh, grid life people kind of vouched for me saying, uh, to Peter Lear, the guy who uh, gave me the car, the most generous man in the universe, uh, that, that I would be a good candidate for the car. And Peter ended up picking me for the car. Yeah. Pretty wild. And story. That, it came from sim racing. Basically, if I, yeah. if I wasn't sim racing, uh, or I wouldn't have met, uh, the people I needed to meet. Think how, uh, think how, uh, how much money you'd probably have and all the free time. And you'd, you'd probably be obsessing about something else though. You'd be like, I, paint, I wouldn't be as happy. Or... <laughs> yeah. I will. I know I'd still be doing something motorsports. Like here's the thing, like after 2018, I, I knew that I knew like the people I was beating and like the way I was driving and the way I was competing besides that last autocross run, I knew it was time to like, okay, I need to go road racing. Like I, I feel like I did the things I wanted to do in, in autocross, even though I didn't win, it just felt like, okay, like I, I feel like to myself, I proved the things I needed to prove Right. Uh, I need to figure this out. So like the plan was like, sell the Miata, like slim down all my expenses and like start saving for like two or three years to like buy a truck, a trailer, a uh, race car, like get everything I need. And then just like co-drive in autocross for like those two or three years and like, you right. know, keep sim racing and stuff like that. Uh, but Peter giving me the car basically accelerated that to uh, instead of two or three years, like three months. Yeah. You, you were deep ended real fast there. Right. So comp school was my third time on a racetrack. <laughs> yeah. You went to an SEC comp school in uh, Summit Point, right? Yeah. And then mid Ohio, the first ever GLTC race uh, was my fourth time on a racetrack. Yeah. That's so wild. I can't believe you guys let me out there. You guys are nuts. Well, we, uh, we had a program for it and you did quite well. So um, as far as autocross, uh, I know we got a lot of listeners that dabble in it and do it. Um, and uh, people that spend their entire autocross career to like try to get as high up into the trophies as you got. Uh, any any advice for those people? 
Uh, just just uh, div diversify the way the ways you get better at driving. So kart, sim race, autocross as much as you can. Uh, you know, go go do track days. Just anything you can do to like expand your bandwidth to just driving a thing at the limit. Right. Um, yeah, and then uh, and then have people faster than you drive your car, and make sure you're in the passenger seat when they do it. I feel like all of my biggest light bulbs have happened when somebody was driving my car. Interesting. Even an autocross, huh? Yeah, even an autocross. Mostly an autocross. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing that uh, people talk about in HPDE world, you know, a big, big time, like ride with your instructor, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, I didn't even know that that was, uh, you know, I've, I've been to probably a half a dozen autocrosses ever in my life. And like two thirds of the people don't want any passengers. So I'm glad that's still more of a thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've had Tom O'Gorman uh, light up some light bulbs for me uh, just in the racetrack world. Cause I didn't know how Hoosiers worked. So I threw him the keys had the camera rolling because I didn't have a passenger seat in the car at the time. And he went out and I watching the video, I went, Oh wow. The tires are making noise. I was told they shouldn't make noise probably from a slow person. And <laughs> no, who just do, they do talk a little bit. Yeah, they talk. So. And I was trying to stay out of the talk because I was told when you're doing it, like when they're talking they're you're slower. So I'm just, I took that and just ran with it. Uh, and never like critically thought about that one piece of information. I never even thought about where I got that piece of information. I was just like, yep, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Tom drove my car and I could hear the tires, like the little whirl that they make when they're like perfectly at the limit, mm -hmm. uh, which now I know that. Uh, but honestly, just like, just seeing that one thing was just like a light bulb. It's like, oh yeah, duh. And yeah. after like, from that point forward, I was just like instantly faster. Cause I knew what sound to hunt for, to make like for the tires to make, to know like, okay, this is like, this is the good, this is the good spot. What you might've actually heard from somebody is like uh, talking about how uh, it's kind of, it's kind of standard in HPD world, like lower, lower experienced drivers. It's like not recommended to, to drive on our compounds because they don't talk to you very much um, versus a street tire where you can like really hear the limit, like, because it's so audible on most street tires. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, that's, that makes a lot of sense. That's like a pretty common, like instructors usually are like, Hey, uh, don't, don't take Hoosiers your first weekend. <laughs> so I, I mean, I've actually never had an instructor in anything. Yeah. You just hop right in, man. Well, then, you know, you're, you, people can get to the same place a lot of different ways. Uh, you don't need to go through one ladder or the other. You found yourself there digitally and then proved it in the real world. So. Right. Yeah. Sim, sim racing's uh, most of the, like, I give that most of the credit. I, I feel like autocross taught me how to, how to t compete in a car. And then uh, sim racing taught me how to race in a car. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm glad you're in GLTC. Uh, any advice for GLTC drivers? You have, you have now won a race. You've won a top 10 shootout. Um, any advice to uh, those of us chasing you? <laughs> um, uh, man, there's, don't, I mean, don't there's, say buy new Hoosiers. Cause I can't, I can't hear that advice, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can, I can hardly give that advice. Uh, at least two new front ones. You kind of need yeah. that, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess. I yeah. Buy new that's the, that's the perks of front wheel drive is that you don't need to buy four new ones. Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. The advice could be so broad. I'm trying to narrow it down to like 
probably the most useful nugget of information. I, I guess my your your big advice of like seat time, you know, digitally or in real life, like that that kind of crosses over to everything. But yeah, it can't it can't just be I'm driving though. A lot of people will drive and they won't like critically think about. I think I think it needs to be seat time with a goal. Right. Uh, so maybe maybe that would be my advice is uh, uh, seat time with a goal. So like whether the goal is a, a lap time or it's uh, uh, you know to. Uh, you know, 10 minutes of perfectly executed laps without like a mistake or, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a lap time. Everybody has different goals of what they want out of pace. Some people just want to run a perfectly safe, uh, you know, enjoyable, not stressful uh, race. And then that's good. Like racing is extra is, is as stressful as you're going to make it. Right. So uh, the people at the front are pushing as hard as they can. Uh, you know, it, it's stressful, uh, but you, you can, you don't have to have that experience. You could take it easy and still have some really great racing and you don't have to, uh, to be flirting with the edge of disaster every corner, you know? Yeah. I think like the racing life that I live right now is like, uh, let's start from the back. We'll find a good battle. Like, uh, I, I kind of love that racing life at the moment. Um, I, I do kind of miss having, I used to have this like big competition desire. Like when I was racing SCCA, um, but now being uh, being a little bit more in the organizer uh, side of it, uh, I prefer to chase some of the newbies that are in Scott's comp evaluation and put some pressure on them and see how they behave. And it's it's fun there too. <laughs> so I feel like if all over, I feel like if some some of the things were taken off your plate though, Adam, I think you would uh, you would fall back into like, ah, oh, man, I shouldn't have lost that race against that guy. Like, like I feel like that's what really gets to like the juice, the co- competition juices going is when you lose when you to somebody that you don't feel like you should have or like you didn't perform the way you should have. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think eventually once my car is like actually dialed, cause it's been in two years of like semi development and, but it's really more like, okay, just bring it and just go have fun for one of the GLTC races, you know? Um, right. But yeah, uh, setting, I did, I, I would agree with your setting a goal. Um, cause I haven't made a lot of progress in my own driving the last few years. I've probably, I'm probably trying to catch back up to the place I was in 2015, you know? Um, but this year I did, I did a lot of like not touching the car and like trying to figure out how to make it as good as it could be uh, through me. Cause like I was rusty. Um, so I was always trying to set a goal of, uh, of getting faster every time, uh, every, every session, like figure out, uh, you know, without playing with the car, just figure out what I'm doing wrong. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a good goal. That's a good idea. Yeah, I feel I feel like uh, uh, just due to some of the conversations we've had before about your driving, I feel like a lot of what was uh, making you not at your 2015 level was just not feeling comfortable in the car. Probably because my brain is elsewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. So when I uh, when I'm an admin for the Grid Life iRacer uh, races it takes away from my performance for that night. Cause you can't just fully focus on uh, your own driving. You have to focus on how the event's going and you know, this and that, and you're like pulled away from like that single uh, narrow yeah. mind, like lizard brain focus of even just of, a little bit, right? <laughs> even just a little bit. Yeah. And it, it pulls away and you know, uh, some nights I'll be better at snapping right back into it than others. 
Uh, but it, it definitely takes away some of the consistency and some of the uh, just like the killer instinct that you would normally have if like the race was the only thing you could focus on. Yeah, and that's, sure. that's, that's part, that's one of the main reasons I can't instruct and do a race weekend at the same time. That's why I have to break them up and do like instructing this weekend and then uh, racing this weekend. And yeah. I couldn't do both. Uh, Cause I would either, I would do bad at racing and instructing uh, or I can just be good at uh, one and then good at the other, like on separate weekends. I, I wouldn't be able to do both like well. And I, I don't know how you run an event well and then race uh, moderately well. I, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I don't know. I could probably do better at both uh, by a, maybe a large margin. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, when I don't have an Abe either, like Abe with this COVID thing, you know, and he's moving. Sucks, and, uh, man. Not driving then. Abe's had COVID for like three months now. He's milking it, man. It feels uh, it feels like forever, dude. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Well, he was having a baby. It wasn't COVID. He was having a baby, and then he was moving, so we didn't have him at all the events. And uh, yeah, it was a weird, weird year to have any kind of seat time. But um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad you're uh, I'm glad you're driving with us. You drove with us a few few times this year. Had some uh, some real good success at Mid Ohio. Um, Until it rained. Uh, it always rains at Mid Ohio. So. Yeah, well, I don't have rain tires, and uh, Mid Ohio without rain tires is very tough. Yeah, and quite quite challenging. It's challenging, like uh, when it's dry. It's really challenging when it's wet. But, um, the uh, the the last uh, question I have is sim racing gear. Uh, any recommendations for people looking to buy stuff or looking to optimize what they have? Yeah, uh, the best way to buy your sim racing gear is to first figure out how much money you're willing to spend on it. Uh, Because there's, you could buy a really nice set of pedals, but then that, then you're, you know, you wasted all your money on the pedals and now you're driving on a 21 inch monitor uh, that doesn't have a proper stand on your like Logitech G25 wheel or whatever. And it's like, well, you shouldn't have spent the thousand dollars on the pedals. Like, yeah, those are really nice pedals, but it's kind of diminishing returns at some point. Um, and then there's some stuff where it's like, man, if you just spent a hundred dollars more, you could uh, get a direct drive wheel, like, uh, like the Fanatec 2.5 wheel is really popular and it's a really great wheel. But if you just spent another hundred dollars, you could have, you could have a direct drive wheel from AccuForce. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like uh, little things like that. Um, so if yeah. you know if you're going to spend nine hundred dollars on a wheel with a belt, well, you might as well get uh, spend an extra hundred dollars to get a wheel that's direct drive. And a uh, quick quick definition of the difference between those is uh, a wheel that's a belt driven wheel has a servo motor in it, but it's not as powerful as it needs to be. So it uses belts to get give itself like a mechanical advantage to put like the proper torque into the wheel that you're holding. Uh, and then a direct drive, the servo motor is powerful enough where it's hooked directly to the wheel. And so the, it's a very, uh, it's, it's a much more, you get like a higher resolution of feeling through the wheel. Okay. Um, any, uh, any good places for people to research this stuff? Uh, you know what, just come, just come out to Gridlife iRacer Facebook group and yeah just ask for help and there's going to be somebody in there that sees it and they will help you. Either it'll be me or, you know, there's 30, 40 other people that will jump on that instantly to help. I mean, there's over a thousand people in that group right now. And it has a a lot of activity. 
Uh, I think it's like 890 active members out of the thousand uh, and some odd change of people in there. So like it's a really active group and, and just come in and be part of the discussion. Uh, DJ, if you, yeah. Do you, uh, do you write words? Do I write words? Yeah. Can you, can you like write things? I, I'm imagining that a buyer's guide for Tractune would be a really smart idea and break it down into like a couple of different price points and say like, Hey, if you're shopping for this much money, here's probably what you should get. Yeah. I could, I could probably come up with something like that. Uh, it, and, but here's, here's the thing that why it's difficult and it's kind of like an individual thing is because some people are starting from nothing. Like they're like, I have an iPad. That's the most computer thing I have. Right. So it's like, Oh crap. So we need to spend like, you know, it, depending on what your budget, let's say your budget is $2,000 and you're like, I have nothing. So now out of the $2,000, we need to get you a computer. We need to get you a monitor or like a TV or something to sim race and operate the computer on. We need to get you a wheel pedals, uh, maybe a shifter. Is that important to you? Like some kind of rig maybe, or yeah. Like we need something to attach that stuff to, but like, are you handy with wood? Can you like make it from home Depot? Like there's, there's plans all over the internet and how to make right. stuff. Like, are you handy? You're not handy. Okay. All right. Well, here's a, here's a $300 rig. Can you like go to, can you find a seat on Craigslist? Okay. Then you might need the $450 rig with the seat on it. You know, like it's, it's very, I feel like it. So many ways to skin. Yeah. That there's cat. so much, there's too much stuff out there and a lot of it's noise. That's why like, I feel like the best way uh, to get into sim racing is literally just, uh, is just to reach out to people who know it because they they've already weeded through all the noise. Um, I feel like I'll, here I'll talk about like best bang for the buck price range, which I think is about twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars. And that and the reason why I say that's best bang bang for the buck is I feel like that's the amount of money you spend where you have a decent computer, and the sim equipment you're on is good enough to not feel like a toy and it starts to feel like a car. Okay. So just the, you'll, you'll spend like six, $700 on a computer. Um, I, I would suggest getting a used, uh, graphics card, uh, just cause it's not like they wear out as long as the fans spin and the ports work, it's going to be fine. And because of cryptocurrency mining, there's a million out there for cheap and they're really good graphics cards. Uh, so that's how I would suggest you build the computer. Oh, and then, uh, and then totally don't pay for windows. Uh, cause that's, that's an extra hundred dollars that could go to the computer. Um, I mean, eventually pay for windows. Come on guys. We're not, we're not thieves out here. And, uh, then, so now we have about $2,300 left for the rig. <clears throat> You'll want to get something that's, uh, like a stiff rig. So like, a, uh, you could go to like sim lab and get something like that. I have a four play racing rig. It's about like 500 bucks. So now we're at 1700. Uh, good pedals are like a necessity. Uh, I think that's more important than the wheel. Uh, so you're going to go with, uh, uh, I think the best bang for the buck pedals is the Fanatec Club Sport V3s. And then to the wheel, you can either uh, get like a uh, CSL wheel from Fanatec or maybe one of the fancier Thrustmaster wheels uh, if you can splurge like an extra $400, I would go to like the AccuForce direct drive wheel. Um, so now we're like in the last couple hundred bucks. Uh, and then at that point I would get, uh, 
like a VR headset or something like that. Cause the VR really makes it feel like you're sitting in the car. Now, if you get motion sick, just riding around in the car with somebody else driving, you might have some trouble with VR, but uh, you will acclimate to it eventually. Just uh, you might have to give yourself a little, little time uh, to get used to it. Uh, when I first started, it took me about a week where I wouldn't get motion sick. If like I was driving the car slow or if I got like in a rack or something, you like feel it in your stomach. It feels like somebody punches you in the stomach when you get like a weird VR, like feeling like, Oh man, my eyes are playing tricks on me. I should be moving, but my body's not feeling it's moving, but my eyes are tricked to (laughs) think I'm moving. And then it's like, you feel bad. You got to go lay down. Uh, it, it only, it took me about a week, which I'd say is probably on the long end to get used to it. Now I can do like barrel rolls, uh, in cars and like look all around and I don't get sick at all. Uh, I've had buddies and, and my fiance actually just threw the headset on and she didn't feel sick at all. Right. So it's, it's kind of like, uh, uh, it's, everybody's going to be different when it comes to that. Now, if you can't get used to that at all, uh, you could do like a widescreen, like an ultra wide monitor, um, in front of your, uh, wheel and you'd bring that monitor as close to the wheel as possible use an FOV calculator, set it all up. Uh, again, like if you, if you just come over to Gridlife iRacers and just post like, Hey, I'm new to this stuff. And I really want to, to come party with you guys. Uh, somebody's going to help you. Yeah. And it, uh, many nights a week, you guys are, uh, screwing around, hosting lobbies, having a good time. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a great uh, thing to do in the off season for sure. Yeah. I, I found that I just couldn't put enough time into it. And I had bought way too cheap of a pedal and wheel setup. Um, that, uh, yeah, I couldn't put 600 hours into it the first year. <laughs> but I also was, you know. But uh, you were, just, were you just running laps by yourself? Yeah, yeah. I'd never, I never felt comfortable with it enough to even race. Um, but I probably, I realistically probably only put three or four hours into it. And like, but, that's, all, that's all I had in like one winter. I don't have any free time. What's the Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So if you, if you had free time, uh, you would have to, you know, then ask yourself like, well, what's going to motivate me to do this as much right. as I need to, which might be just chasing some lap times. No, I, 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 I intended to do it again later. Uh, probably when I'm spending more time at the grid life office, cause there's like rigs there all the time set up. <laughs> so yeah, to spend an and hour and they're good. So uh, yeah, but uh, it, it's a it, it's an interesting world. There's like uh, you can start real basic and, and play Mario Kart, uh, or you can get real crazy uh, and full motion sims and everything. So. Right. I, I don't. I think the motion stuff is a a little bit of a, a waste of money unless uh, in. It's all diminishing returns. I feel like after yeah. the three thousand dollar mark, you're just you're just getting fancy stuff because you fancy. Yeah, well, some people like to be fancy. Yeah, some people are really good at being fancy. All right, what was uh, what was the Facebook group again for those uh, looking to join? Uh, Grid Life iRacers. Grid Life iRacers. Never heard of it. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm I'm happy that you are part of our Grid Life family, but it's uh, it's been it's been fun having you around for a few years. So, uh, and with that, I think we will uh, say thank you to partners and. Uh, Patreon people and hey, we got any partners to say thank you to? We gotta we gotta thank Apex Pro. They had some really big news oh. uh, today. They uh, secured some uh, an angel investor and some uh, round of seed funding, which is super cool. And also, their patent for the lighting system and the feedback system was granted to or like just recently granted. So that's like 
pretty big, uh, pretty big week for them. Good, good. That's awesome to hear. And uh, we got we got a Patreon show coming up with DJ. So we want to make sure to give uh, all those Patreon people some extra love. We're doing a new show format, uh, just like a quick bangers. And uh, DJ is going to be the first one. So yeah. if you uh, the um, format's going to be called what the lunch breakdown, the lunch Cause breakdown, because you can listen to it on your lunch break, or we can do it on our lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk Clever about guys. cars. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, talk about uh, why you chose your car, uh, all the the details and the specs and uh, uh, detriments and what you hate and what you love and all that jazz. So, uh, well, we'd love to uh, we'd love to talk to a bunch of uh, obviously our Patreon uh, subscribers and also anybody and everybody. We'll probably pop some of them there, pop some of them out as regular podcasts and. Uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody listening, and yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for your earlobes and our me- and, and for putting up with our mediocrity. Thanks, DJ. Yeah, thanks. Uh, teaser for the Patreon episode: I hate rear hubs. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough, and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes, and come and find us in the Pit Grid Live to say hello. Hello.